0: hey how's it going everybody jt here at pro dj casey on twitter with the eth finance daily dudes happy hour number three we've made it three weeks in a row this is a this is a good sign we're all kicking and breathing we got a great crowd here on discord and uh, of course we got the everlasting man himself Mr. Superfizz, fresh off of a, a staking set up with Hudson Jameson, if I'm not mistaken. That took place yesterday. So uh I'm glad you could join us again.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't I just realized it's just you and I. Like usually we have a panel up here.
0: Yeah. Well that's fine. Well, I I think a couple of bros can dude it out up here and you know, maybe We've... if Nick Nixo gets here later, that's great.
2: We've also got some people filing in on the stage as well on the discord. That's yeah. Okay. That's, that's perfect.
1: I uh, I never miss a chance to shoot the the bull with, with Jeremiah. It's my, it's the (laughs) highlight of my week every day.
0: I'm glad, I'm glad you're here every time so far. He's three for three. So uh, we know who likes to get those PO apps in this community. That's for sure. And we got some people filing in on stage here on Discord. If you're joining us off of YouTube, what what we have going on here is a combination of, uh, we're basically doing the, uh, the Legos of media here where we're snapping together voices on Discord and video on Zoom. And this allows us to have a few people, um, on, on video that want to show their, their incredibly handsome mugs on camera, especially Super Fizz. And, uh, and then we could also have people that uh, want to talk on Discord who may not want to be on voice, but the, the goal of these has been that we highlight the best 10 dudes of the week, which is some of our best contributors on ETH Finance. So we have to start off a word. We have to start off with our shit post of the week. Our shit post of the week, because as you all know, we want to save the best for first. And this one comes to us by way of Pronholio is how I'm going to pronounce that. <laughs> Pronholio gives breathe. us a meme here, and he he stole it from Saka H Saka, and so. I, I see we have the guy that's taking the bullet as we sleep in our beds from the daggers of uh, what is this? I don't know. The meme needs to be explained a little bit to our viewers, uh, even myself. So who wants to take a stab at this one?
1: I'm I'm really glad to hear you acknowledge that it needs explaining because I'm like, am I the only one who doesn't like fully get it? So I, I look forward to this explanation. <laughs>
0: I mean we could we could break it down a little bit. A word, what do you think? We got all these centralized entities that blew up, throwing daggers in the night. We got the Department of Justice <laughs> that is shielding us from something called bits Lotto. What is that?
2: Yeah, I don't know uh, the the hero maybe we don't deserve but need <laughs> as, as a self, as a Celsius survivor, uh, this resonates for sure.
0: Yeah, and there's a few more names on, on here that we could be adding to those daggers on the on the right-hand side. So uh, congratulations to Prawn Holio. You get the uh, the claps for the ship post of the week. And uh, let's see, are we moving on? Oh, wait, we got, what's next? We got the haiku, right? We got to get that going.
2: Weekly haiku, correct.
0: Our weekly haiku, Network Density. By the way, this is by JST's organizer of... Uh, ECC, Paris, or one of the organizers anyway. Network density, half a million validate for security. So great job, Tears. Thank you very much for that. All right, A-word, let's tee off. What do we got for Duke number one for this week?
2: Yeah, on Friday, January 13th, Tricky Troll decides now is a good time to reflect on the good, the bad, the ugly of how he played the last bull market.
0: Ooh, yeah. So this is a this is a big one, and I'm I'm not going to read all of this, but I hope you're following along. Uh, if you're in the daily or on dailydudes.com you can grab these links ahead of time. Tricky Troll is our is our resident dupe master, the person that uh, puts together this fantastic list every single day, uh, and and also equally contributes uh, incredible posts as well. Disclaimer: This is a long-winded, reflective post. Skip to the end if you would prefer. Now is the perfect time to reflect on your own personal wins and regrets from the bull market just gone. It's quiet. Fundamentals are showing strong with Ethereum strength above $1,000 and a bottom feels like it may have been formed. Personally, I'd give myself a five out of 10. Overall, I did okay the good my early bull run strategy was good i sold the last of my bitcoin after its initial run to 30 to 40k as the first part of taking profits i splashed out on a couple of things i've been wanting for a while and i diversified into physical assets as well leaving some aside for paying tax the less good i sold all of my shit coins and was full eth by the time the bear market kicked into fifth gear this allowed me to fund quitting my job temporarily to go to HodlerCon and do a long delayed trip with my family in the UK. The bad, I had a cash out plan and my target was not hit as I was hoping. My cash out plan evolved after an event I will cover in the next section. The ugly, 35% of my stack was lost to shitcoins coins in 2020 and DeFi coins in 2021 overconfidence from picking out Chainlink in the 2018 bear and then selling the top in late 2019 early 2020 contributed uh, contributed to this greatly and I'll let I'll let you read the rest of it but the TLDR is really worth a mention stay humble and I'm going to leave his TLDR right at that anybody else want to chime in
1: I want to get the last one Um, it's the uh, cash out plan and sticking to it That is the thing that I encourage everyone to do. Like I write down a plan that says at this number, I'm going to sell this much. At this number, I'm going to buy back in. And your emotions, when the number, like if we get to another run, your emotions are going to be nuts. And everyone here has done this, like you're crack refreshing, like you can't stay away from it. You're like, it's gonna go forever. And when you're in that heightened excitement, it's hard to sell, it's hard to get off the boat and take gains. Uh, but that's why we do it now. That's why when we're, you know, when things are beginning to warm up, we say when we get to whatever next all time high, I'm going to sell 10% of my stack and I'm gonna be okay with whatever happens. Uh, it, it is so imperative that that we don't let emotions and excitement fuel our decision making. So now is the time to, write a plan, tape it on the wall and stick to it.
3: I think, I think it's also important to not like, if you sell at a price and it keeps going up, don't count, don't, don't count what you would have had if you held it and sold now. Uh, cause you know, that's neither here nor there. You, it could have gone the other way on you too, and you could have lost a lot. So just, uh, be satisfied when you win. Basically, I think it's important as well. Yeah. So that's, uh, John B, like that—that that for me is very
1: much the don't beat yourself up. Like it, it's so easy to find anything to beat yourself up for, and just don't. It's just not worth it.
3: Yeah, I, I mean you can't count what would've or could've happened. Just count what happened and go with that.
0: Let's rock and roll. This is all good stuff. Thank you. We're on to number two.
2: Yeah, on that same Friday, 696 ETH reminds us some of the tips to our crypto assets safe and secure, to keep our crypto assets safe and secure.
0: 696 ETH writes, hardware wallet is a must. If you have more than $2,000 in crypto and you are not cashing that out right now and leaving, transfer your valuable NFTs from a hot or burner to a cold or hardware wallet while gas is still cheap at night US time EU time you can bundle 20 times the items through os yes you might end up paying like 0.01 0.02 eth per transfer another good practice is to use revoke.cash's application and also remove permissions from time to time i know most people uh, i know to most people it's a given But I keep seeing people getting hacked here and there, and I'd rather remind again. And your not garbage NFTs are valuable too, so remember that. Trust me, it might suck and feel like an unnecessary investment and use some money transferring assets, but you'd be happy you still have all your stuff uh, because uh, for non-hardware wallets, it's not if, it's when you'll lose it, so act accordingly. Yeah, that, that deserves a uh, clap for sure.
2: Yeah, he's always got a great uh, mindful watch on OPSEC. I really appreciate what he's bringing to the space. He's actually on stage, if you want to.
3: I, I think this is uh, also important for a lot of guys uh, that started way back in the day when there weren't hardware wallets. And so we were all kind of creating them through online apps and you probably have like a 12 word mnemonic. Uh, so yeah, definitely move those over to something safer now that uh, you know, it's available.
0: Very good. Uh, let's go ahead and rock and roll or 696 you're on stage you want to you want to chime in on this or keep it on, keep moving either way. Alright, he's quiet, I think. Alright, we'll move on. Go ahead, Mr. A. Wirt. Yeah, on
2: Saturday, January 14th, Rooftop Porta Potty investigates Revoke.cash extension and reveals some privacy concerns.
0: Rooftop Porta Potty is uh, <laughs> just uh, always coming up with some incredible alpha here the following will serve as an extremely abbreviated version of my research into the revoke.cash browser extension focusing as narrowly on privacy as i can obviously we're taking a different direction here as this is clearly not a wallet however i think it's fair to say that this one is particularly relevant to my eth financier so to give a little bit of backstory, Rooftop PortaPotty's been doing a, a series of posts on browser extensions, specifically, you know, related to Ethereum and in crypto in general. And goes through the whole process of how it was installed and then looks at just all this data collection metrics. It's not just this extension itself, it's the other baggage that comes along with it that, that Rooftop Porta Potty goes uh, far into. And on an on a side note, I hope this person gets recognition on CNBC. So the reporters and journalists have to refer to him as rooftop porta potty every time they, they and they do and story. they won't their editors, their editors will say if, if you don't have a real name, you
1: don't use any name. Yeah. Hey, can I can I go, comment on this for a moment? Go for it. I, I yeah. rooftop Porta potty did something a, a week ago that that is really meaningful to me they acknowledged a mistake and then they had that like i don't really know if i should be doing this maybe i'm not qualified enough like i'm just trying and i mess things up i love it when people do that being human being like not a perfect person is is that like it's the sweet spot of growth and so i never want i I don't ever expect anyone to be perfect all i all i expect is like give it your best effort. Acknowledge being human acknowledge not uh, not having all of the answers and then keep trying. So I love that Rooftop Porta Potty, it it continues to come back and continues to provide this content, especially if it's imperfect, because it gives other people a chance to like say, hey, maybe this would work or maybe that would happen. Uh, So
0: very valuable. I think we find a lot of people. I mean, Paul Brody's one of them for me why that likes to Throw the, throw the information out there to our subreddit because we have a lot of very smart eyes that can help, you know, craft, you know, maybe a final form of these things that, for instance, that Rooftop is doing here. I mean, you, if you're going to be wrong, be wrong in our walled garden so we can help you get, get your blinders pointing in the right direction of, you know, your research. Uh, I love it. I don't know if anybody is
1: is backing these up on caches XYZ. So that's I love that.
3: Yeah, I haven't gotten the revoke cache one on there yet, Um, but I'll I'll get it up there. Been busy. Yeah, I am a huge fan of these. I don't I don't care uh, if he messes up, if he catches it or if other members of the community catch it. That's really what it's about. Um, I mean, finding the truth. So I agree. with Both you guys, Fizz, JT, y'all are spot on. Keep doing it, Rooftop. I, I love it.
0: Yeah. Great job. It's
2: it's super valuable to have somebody who's just willing to even acknowledge that they were wrong. Right. Most people will die on that Hill and double down. So it's, it's the people who don't want the power who mostly should um, have it, I guess. But that's also kind of a characteristic of somebody who won't abuse it.
3: Or worse, he could have just deleted it or ran away, but he just said, Hey, I screwed up. And you know, Try it again. So just keep trying, man. Wrong, right or wrong. <laughs> keep trying.
0: Well, and it it's also an invitation for these developers to come into our sub and answer questions if they come up too. I mean, it's a good, you know, maybe there's things that developers of these apps hadn't thought of. And and then we got a community of people trying to, you know, help them do the right thing. I mean, we, we tend to have a lot of people in ETH finance that can smell bullshit from a mile away. And that's, that's a good thing I mean more eyes on it's our our big noses we all have big noses I know look at that man it's like (laughs) whoa damn I know (laughs) I can I can catch the wind and go surfing on a calm day all right what do we got next
2: yeah on that same Saturday the 14th swag to Miss Prime wants you to contribute to the ethereum KZG ceremony
0: All right, so the KZG ceremony, you can help by contributing your randomness to the whole thing. The more people participate, the better, as it only takes one honest person to make the whole thing a success. It's really easy and fast to do. All you need is an Ethereum wallet address with more than three transfers. And then it's just writing some random text and signing a bunch of messages and you're already done. The whole process takes less than two minutes. You'll get a poap app too. So get going and help secure and scale Ethereum. This will be used for the dank sharding implementation later on. Uh, I'm Gonna defer to the audience on this one to explain a little bit about this uh, KZG please, thanks. So the, the
1: KZG ceremony, um, it's we have been looking forward to it for months. It is the initialization process for 4844. I want to point out two things and I definitely hope other people comment, but um there a POAP has not actually been announced. We we're we're have talked about it. Um and I I would I would encourage people not to assume that simply by completing the process you're going to get a POAP. but yeah, I mean something's gonna happen. Um the other thing is uh, when you go to ceremony.ethereum.org, uh, look at the very top where it says uh, participants in the lobby and number of hours max. If it's if it's above 2000, I would really come back later. Um, one of the, the tricks that I, I finally got through with was uh, setting my browser uh, before I went to bed and getting up in the morning and like by morning it had gone through. Uh, but it's, it, where we thought it was gonna be two minutes, it's really more like 10 hours uh, at this point. So we don't know if or when that will die down.
0: So on the website, I see 1869 participants in the lobby 93 hours max estimated wait, wait time. So there you go. And and
1: participants are drawn out randomly. So you get in line, but then you're chosen randomly. So just because uh, you're it's not like a queue where it's next, 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 Uh, you could technically Uh, enter the lobby, and as soon as you walk in, get snagged. Uh, But, of course, that's not likely.
0: Okay. Anybody else on stage want to chime in on this? Otherwise, we'll move along. Uh, Let's do it. A-word.
2: Yeah, Sunday, January 15th, Rooftop Porta Potty gets thanked by Interweaver for their security analysis with a great explanation on why they are so important.
0: So rooftop porta potty got a double weekly dude Uh oh! Look who just look who just showed up. He's here. All right. What's hey, up, Paul Brody? He's got it. Paul's got to get on stage, up on the Discord. He might be in the audience. Okay, Super fizz why don't you DM him the invite to the stage here? And I'm gonna okay. read a rooftop porta potty. All right. So to make an analogy your posts about a a security analysis and potentially teaching us to do those kinds of investigations ourselves play the same role in the broader ecosystem that fraud proofs do on optimistic roll-ups if you start with a trusted system and the system is honest then all is well and good but if they are not honest and nobody is checking on them then they can get away with anything for such a system to become trustless You need a sufficient number of capable fraud checkers who are checking often enough such that there's a near certainty someone would catch malfeasance if it were present. The more people capable of checking ecosystem tools to see if they're doing bad things, the more trustless the ecosystem becomes. It's really crucial. And then Rooftop actually responds beautifully put to this end, I will be putting together a guide Detailing exactly the steps I have been taking along with the resources and assistance whenever need or wherever needed. The vast majority of the process is non technical, just critical thinking with an almost cynical mindset. Ha ha. And there you have it. So good job, rooftop porta potty. I was uh, I don't know if anybody in the audience wants to chime in on that. If not, we can move I, uh, on. I-
3: I actually agree with them. This is this like starts a a ball rolling. Stigmergy, as I was saying earlier, like um, it it, it, um, inspires other people to do the same, or to dig, or or to uh, even tell him that he's wrong. So uh, it starts discussion. This is this is so good on so many levels. I love it. And and you don't have to be at this level. You don't have to
1: be. uh, Forty people, they're going to look at this and say, "I could never produce at that level." we're not looking for everyone to produce at that level we're looking for everyone to give the skills that you have and the thing that you're knowledgeable about and then let other people decide
3: like hey is this useful to me or not um
1: so yeah glad to have anyone contributing what they
3: have that's how you grow guys you you start small and then and then before you know it you're you're huge so you know put it out there Let, let everybody you know tell you where you're right or wrong or 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 whatever don't be scared
0: it, jbm knows what it's like to be small and then be huge he's been he said he was busy in the last segment i know what he's doing he's wiping out all the turkey legs left over from christmas in the grocery store aren't you
3: I know, man i decided to start a goat farm the goat build is just out of control so i'm i'm getting a farm started out to feed it to Feed <laughs> me. Basically. i'm Happy. just
1: glad we kept it rated g i just <laughs> I, I appreciate that <laughs>
3: I, it's really hard for me to go g-rated so you're welcome goat rated you know, I,
2: I I think it's a great attribute of ETH finance to kind of help that um that evolution of thought process to go from uh, extractor to value creator you know and and you help me kind of understand this a lot is of just like it doesn't have to be perfect but just like create something and bring it and and we'll rally behind you and and don't just be waiting to see what you can extract out of the space yeah to the and, and best that's the way. thing I,
1: I recognize that five to ten percent of the things that I say are inaccurate and I'm I'm desperately trying to improve that but if I if I am so afraid of that inaccuracy it prevents me from doing anything so I have to kind of accept it and say I'm going to make mistakes but I'm still going to try
0: uh, and that's that's really what I would encourage people to do. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, zoom over to Paul here. Paul's uh, just joining us. He's he's a busy man, and we really appreciate you taking the time to to jump in here, uh, Paul. I'm gonna just go right into it. A word, Paul yeah, dropped please. by a day ago, and uh, I'm gonna change my screen here. It said, "Greetings, all. There's been great coverage on the nightfall privacy announcement. I've got I've got a consolidate list of the links that we hit, uh, including PR Newswire, Bloomberg, CoinDesk. Ladies and gentlemen, the ever fantastic Mr. Paul Brody. Thanks for joining us. You can unmute on the uh, Discord stage and let's let's hear it from the man himself."
4: Hello. Well, thanks for inviting me. Um, You can hear me, right?
0: Yeah, go ahead.
4: Excellent. So uh, so, yeah, I I think what I want to do is maybe just share the quick update of like the progress that we made. So, um, you know, obviously, there's a couple of things that are happening, right, if I think about the big picture. Right. And and, you know, things have only taken, I don't know, like three years longer than I would really like for them to have taken because everything takes longer when you're trying to like really build something difficult. Um, but but some of you, those of you who have been like following this stuff, you know, like we showed the first version of Nightfall, which is this privacy tool. For those of you who don't know, it's a, it's a privacy tool that allows you to move stuff around under privacy on public Ethereum. And we, we showed the first version of that at DevCon in 2018. And at that time, it cost an average of like a hundred bucks a transaction back when ETH was at like 200 bucks a piece. Right. It was, it was, you know, not let's say not not fit for scalability we've improved the performance of nightfall by a factor of about a thousand since then and uh and so now you know even with eth at twelve hundred dollars we can do transactions for like you know a couple pennies each uh and in much much lower like probably an order magnitude or two lower if you're doing them on say the polygon proof of state network instead so our big mission, and I'll, I'll just sort of dial back a little bit, is you know what we want to do at EY is we want to make public blockchains work for enterprises. So enterprises have mostly spent their time and money going after private blockchain solutions, which I, I don't really believe work. And by the way, I don't think they serve the public interest either. The public interest is for a world of blockchain solutions that's mostly focused on public stuff that cannot be uh, monopolize, right? That's truly open and competitive. But enterprises are not going to touch anything where their sensitive business data is public. So we kind of had two tasks before us. One task is, and this goes to like, if, if you think about how uh, uh, enterprise transactions work, they, they really sort of, they, they're, they consist of like two components. One is, you know, I've got money and you've got stuff, right? And we're exchanging money for stuff. And the other part is that exchange is going on under some terms and conditions like we it's not a financial market. It's usually much more sophisticated. Like, Hey, I'm going to build your memory chips into my computer for a long period of time. I want volume discount and I want rebates and I want all these terms and conditions. So we need smart contracts and we need, we need private asset transfers. Nightfall gives us private transfers and payments of ERC twenties and 721s and 1155s. You can move anything you want. And, um, and and it's very very robust in terms of like the level of privacy supported it's kind of i would say extremely robust math um we all however uh don't want to find ourselves in like a tornado cast situation so the go live of nightfall is restricted to companies enterprises that have a uh a enterprise identity and signature certificate from one of the major um, digital certificate companies like Digicert or Entrust. Now, we spent a lot of time thinking about this. Like what I didn't want to do was make like a private blockchain on top of a public blockchain. But at the same time, I didn't want to create like, um, I didn't want to create something that was, you know, created a monopolist or something new. We wanted to be fundamentally open. So the nice thing about these, these certificate model is any company can get one, right? You do have to submit your documentation. You have to prove that you're real, and you have to get checked against the sanctions list. So, um, th- and and as a result, you can't engage in anonymous transactions. So you can't use Nightfall anonymously, but you can use it privacy. Everything that you do under Nightfall will be fully private. So that's the first big step. And and we 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 made those changes. So the early versions of Nightfall were open to anybody. This version, you've got to have an enterprise ID certificate. I hope eventually when we got some more mature um, kind of policies for, for checking individual IDs, that we'll be able to open it even more widely. But um, you got to have the I- enterprise ID certificate. The big progress we've made, two two big things. Number one, we worked with Polygon on some of the scaling work. Uh, and then Polygon and EY, we together are donating this output into the public domain. Um, number two. Uh, we got everybody at EY very comfortable with kind of what we're doing and how we're doing it. And so even though it's a fully decentralized system, EY is going to actually stand up and deploy the contract. So we're gonna fully deploy the, the, the Nightfall contract both on um, Ethereum mainnet and the Polygon proof of stake network. And we're gonna maintain a couple of the servers necessary for people to sort of track and and, and see their transactions and things like that. So we're gonna build some, some, some basic, infrastructure there as well so those are those are the kind of two things that are going and then the one other thing that's coming that i'm also very excited about is in about the next month we're going to take the wraps off the next version of starlight and starlight is a tool for compiling smart contracts and turning them into zero knowledge circuit so you'll be able to have private transfer payments and private business logic running on chain and we will also start explaining how you can use the two together to maximize your level of privacy. So, the, um, so I will, that, that's a quick summary.
0: This is like the phrase that the adoption is, is happening when nobody knows it's running in the background. This is like that for me, you know, my, that enterprise adoption, that that Bob and Alice and grandma and grandpa and kids and stuff, everybody's using it. They don't realize they're using it. That's that's it. That's like that's the there it is. And it's from one of the big four accounting firms, which is also a mind blow to, you know, anybody that's been around this space for a long time. So thank you, Paul, for sharing that in our subreddit. man. I'm most impressed
1: that uh, you're using an external certificate authority rather than trying to to be that bottleneck and like recreate the wheel and say, well, we're gonna be the authority. Like using that external authority is just so uh it's just a wise move. Like you're you're not putting yourself in the middle uh, or not putting EY. EY isn't putting itself in the middle of that transaction to say we're the gatekeeper. To have an impartial third party gatekeeper is just is just great. Uh I I I obviously I've been obsessed with these ideas uh for a couple of years now, um, I have two really quick questions. Yeah, is is there a chance that maybe you'll get with staker or a group of of East Finance people to do like, uh, kind of a, a walkthrough demo of some
4: of this stuff in the next few weeks? Oh, that would be I would be uh, delighted to arrange that. Yeah, awesome. I would be delighted to arrange that. I would also really love to show, like, um, uh, how so we built a prototype that shows how you could have private transfers and payments, how you can have private business logic, and um, it, and if for people who really thought about this, uh, how you can make the two work together. Because one of the one of the things that, that we've made a lot of progress on and it's really challenging is, um, if you want to have true privacy, you need to transact in a very large data pool. And if you're setting up a, a custom private smart contract, it'll be too easy for you to um for somebody else to like identify what you're actually doing because it'll be like oh you know paul and supervis always seem to talk to each other through this contract and no matter how fancy the logic is if people see me put money into the contract and they see you put stuff into the contract they can kind of guess like what i'm buying and how much i'm paying so um yeah i i, I will talk to our r d people and we will be happy to set up like a, a walkthrough a demo and a discussion and talk about like not only how it works but also how we sort of thought through some of the key issues that exist today and how we have we have sort of tried to, to design solutions that are consistent with the maximum allowable level of privacy possible
0: this is awesome.
1: freaking amazing <laughs> and, and my, my last question and it's, it's going to be quick and then we'll move on um i i think anybody anybody who's been around a minute always wants to follow the trail of money so the like EY is a for-profit company what do they what is the benefit the financial benefit what, what is the motive for doing this
4: so the key motive for me is uh, I really want the world to adopt this technology and if they adopt this technology um, it, it's a you know we're we are the best at this privacy technology of anybody in the world so I figure kind of the world will be the path to our door we have like basically a five-year head start on everybody else in terms of really using it so um, you know I think companies are smart enough to know that they don't want to sign up to be kind of mis you know mistreated by a future monopolist they don't want some controlling entity right they're not going to be fooled by that Um, but I think they're comfortable like they they know that what we're doing is we're building on public domain open source software using open standards on an open network and um, you know that will give them comfort while also being able to, to have them comfortable with the idea that we will, um, we know what we're doing. So I, that is yeah. how we intend to monetize. We, we will have, and we're going to show like APIs. And we're the only people where you'll have an API where you can mint tokens, NFTs or non-NFTs, under privacy. There's a million ways to mint tokens, and there's a million services out there that mint tokens. There's only one that will allow you to mint them under privacy. So that is how we're going to make money.
0: There you go. This is awesome. Very interesting. Anybody on stage want to ask a question while while we got him here? He's trapped at the airport. It, it seems like maybe we could uh, we could hustle a little more I am, time.
3: I am One day,
0: every though. time I see Paul, he's at
1: the airport. Like every
3: I,
5: time. I don't have <laughs> any questions,
3: but I have been following this for so long, and I am so excited to see this. Uh, and Fizz, it's kind of like, uh, think about like Red Hat Linux, right? It's free. They give it away, but they also still sell their products and services and all the other things that are security and everything to go along with that product that they give away for free. So it's like a platform. This is yeah, um, this is amazing. Is, I have been following this years and I am so excited to see this. This is the best thing I've heard in a long time. Yeah, I think uh, it's gonna take a long
1: you. time for people to realize how how valuable it's going to end up being, or and maybe like end users won't realize it, but it, it will become evident.
6: So uh, thanks, Paul, for joining. Um, I a quick question for you. Uh, as the as Nightfall launches, what kind of adoption do you see in the next several years? Like, how do you see companies ramping up? Do you have a lot of? I don't know how much you can share or, or can't, but. Um, do you have a lot of interest in companies that want to um, start this off from the get-go, or you know how do you see adoption in the next few years?
4: So we've got a few products that we're building ourselves, inventory management, supply chain management, procurement, um, carbon carbon tokenization. So we've got about four or five products that we have on our roadmap to build. Um, and then uh, there's quite a few companies that that we've been re- that reaching out to us. Um, that want that are either preparing or are in the process of developing, like private trading, right? Private financial placements. You know, a lot of one of the big sort of frustrations a lot of um, DeFi players and others have is that it's too easy for everybody to see what their positions are, right? And so they get front run, they get uh, they get copied, right? So if you if you start transacting in a high privacy environment, or you start developing and delivering. Products and assets into that, you'll be able to um, you'll be able to, to to kind of keep your proprietary trading strategies more proprietary. Mm. So I I expect to see quite a bit of that. As a regulated accounting firm, EY can't really build a lot of financial services stuff. What we're do, able to do there is super strictly limited. So um, I especially expect to see like a lot of financial services stuff will be developed by third parties and delivered into that environment.
6: Oh, interesting. I do Thanks have one anyone. more question,
7: if you guys don't mind. I know we're getting kind of off topic here. Um, I'm kind of having a hard time uh, visualizing the separation between what's visible and by whom, and what's private and by whom. Because if you're having, let's say, you know, like you mentioned, uh, supply chain infrastructure using this, uh, you know, you're going to want to see your own data, right? But not everybody in the company may have, you know, the same uh, origin address or, or something like that. So how does that work where like you're a company and are you able to see your own data? Um, and how does that work
4: where where everyone else isn't able to see it, but you are? So what happens, so there's a couple of ways that this can work. So one way is you emit tokens outside of privacy, you put them in. Or you can also mint one of the clever things we figured out with help from Polygon is figuring out how to mint tokens under privacy. Now, each token attached to each token is also a a link for some metadata. And so you can control, like, if you think about a classic, like two by two, and you can tell I was a consultant once upon a time, if you think about a classic two by two, there's, there's, there's four types of data on two axes. Um, There's public data and there's private data. And then there's mutable data and immutable data. And you can you can sort of set any one of those. And for, for private data, you can also decide who has access to it. So one of the things that we're going to be able to do is like, I'll be able to mint a token and I'll attach to it, say, a URL that points to public and private data sets. And when I transfer that token to somebody else, because it was in my possession, as long as I still have the URL and I have authorized access to the data, it can, the, the system can tell me back like, hey, this is where I am. So we've been using a combination of like um, uh, IPFS, uh, private data stores, public blockchain, pri- you know, um, uh, privacy tools. We're trying to create a scenario where you can have really consistent application of your tokens all across your supply chain, but then you can have extremely carefully granular uh control over um exactly who can see your data inside the enterprise or along the supply chain of your business partners where you want them to see stuff.
7: So it's like That was a fantastic answer. You know, I've I've been uh pretty bullish on Nightfall uh but you know that ex- explanation really made me realize the sophistication and and level of modification that you're enabled enabling to these parties. Uh, and the use cases are are huge. I'm, I'm like seeing it already. Great work.
4: It's really I mean, first of all, thank you for saying that that is, uh, it's really appreciated because you know, when you get into the details, like, it's so much harder than you ever like, I was said at the beginning of this, like, I feel like we're only three years behind where I want it to be. It, I have it's so much every all of these things are so much more complicated by the time you take everybody's like requirements into account than you thought when you started this road. And I was in like supply chain for 15 years beforehand, and still it's like, oh my gosh, this is like m- managing privacy on chain is just really, really hard.
0: This is this has been great, uh, having you stop by. You're you, Paul, thanks, thanks for uh, being a community member on ETH Finance. You know, even more importantly, uh, I feel like this community, you know, and and yourself and your team at EY, we all kind of bonded through that pandemic moment where, you know, you knew there was value, but we didn't know how to, you know, try to make it useful for you guys. And then the pandemic happened. It was like, we did this virtual thing and we were able to bring so many people in your world over to youth finance and traditional you know, finance into our world and and give you feedback for the blockchain initiatives and stuff that you've been working on. So, uh, thanks for letting us be along the journey with you, and we really appreciate you taking time today to stop by and say hi. People, yes, indeed. and this and, is the and, big
1: picture of Ethereum. Like, this is where we're headed. This is why we exist. This is, we're not, we don't exist to transfer ether from one person to another. We exist to enable like future solutions that that the normies that us that we've never even dreamed of before. And Paul is like, Paul is seeing that and developing it before most of us are even aware it's where we're going. So it's very exciting.
0: Yeah. I remember those early days enterprise was spinning up all these private blockchains and everybody was kind of like, that's not gonna fly, you know? And then Paul's like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna make it public and we're gonna give the tools away, you know? And it's like, it's like you're laying down an interstate system and, and we, and we're watching it being built one one brick or, or block at a time i guess you could say so i was building a
3: free highway when everybody else was building toll roads and telling him he was stupid for doing it
4: <laughs> But right Paul, it, it <laughs> like, <you know>, right? <laughs> i always i joke sometimes at the office like people are like hey um you know i, I was always behind this public blockchain thing and i'm like i know you weren't but uh, now that you are, it's, <laughs> I guess, I don't know what to do when people agree with me. It's confusing.
5: <laughs> it's it's weird. weird.
3: I've been posted for years, and I've always agreed. And I watched all these companies spin up these private ones, and then they would fail. And I just laughed. I was like, oh, Paul, he's right. He was right. He's still right <laughs> to this very day.
4: Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you can see JC, I hand it back might- to you.
1: Say again, oh, okay. disagreeing with him to keep him humble. <laughs>
4: and, and Paul, you don't, don't listen, you don't need to worry about that. I have two kids at home. All right. They, uh, oh. they are there to remind me that nothing I say is interesting. And it does not. matter.
0: <laughs> I, I know, I want to go on. But I do I do want to see Paul, if you can give us a quick uh, 10,000 foot view of the co op idea, and uh, the work that's going on. Uh, for those, this oh, was another yeah, thing, you yeah, go ahead.
4: You should have it. I'm not the expert here. You should have this guy, James Wellington on from Oreck, that law firm. So um, they sat down and I I, I I should figure out what Can you arrange Google. it? It's like Google. Yeah, I can send me an email, do an intro, but you should get him to come on and do this. So they, um, Oreck Harrington Sutcliffe is a big law firm there. They're probably the the second largest like tech law firm in the Valley. And one of the things that when I said the valley, Silicon Valley, just to be clear, um, not salt uh, Creek Valley, 15 minutes from my house here in <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> Listen, I could be the second largest law firm in that Valley. Right. And I don't even have a law degree Hey, on, um, a, on a side so,
0: note. I've found out that the stoplight in my hometown is the only one in the County. <laughs> anyway, go ahead.
4: Um, that's from all the Ethereum traffic coming to your house. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, um, the so the law this law firm they they sat down and they they sort of thought a lot about and they they wrote a really nice white paper which you can Google, um, which is all about how uh, co-ops are actually the mechanism. They're the best legal mechanism for sort of instantiating a DAO in the in the real world with legal protections. And co-ops are great because um, they you can have shares of a co-op but they're not securities, right? Key decisions in co-ops are made on a one-for-one basis, um, one person, one vote. But rewards, like co-ops can do dividends and they can they, they are generally done to the participants in the ecosystem based on their rate of participation. So it's a very sort of community-oriented thing. And then what's clever is they also, in this, this paper, they articulate how co-ops can Buy, sell, and enter into joint ventures with for-profit companies. And one of the things that's really challenging is, like, if you, if you really want to spend a serious amount of money on a high-value public piece of infrastructure, think about like what like Uber and Airbnb done. They, they built really, really sophisticated infrastructure, right? Uh, and and it's there's no denying the immense kind of coolness and value of what they've created. But we all just sort of wish that once they got there decent return or once they get to a decent return that the benefits of those ecosystems would go back back to the participants and so i think what's really cool about this thinking about like co-ops is they could work with for-profit companies and they could own them they could sell them they could have joint ventures with them and as a result they can they can make sure that there's a for-profit company who can make money setting up and building useful infrastructure but ultimately if it's owned by co-op that means that the the benefits when it becomes really successful instead of flowing ever more benefits in a, in a very extractive and exploitive way back to some group of distant VCs because it's owned by a co-op those benefits actually can be flow flow back or the majority of them can flow back to the participants so it it seems like um it seems like a very good idea and and they're very clear that the SEC has never categorized co-op ownership kind of representations or pieces or, or whatever, as securities. That's the big so, takeaway um, right
0: there. I think this. Yeah, is exactly. Like a so big... I'd be happy
4: to introduce you. You should. I'm not a lawyer, you should get this guy on and really fantastic. get him to like explain the white paper, the vision, etc.
0: That is such a mind right, blowing and... moment. Thank you. Appreciate it was you.
4: cool. Uh, I'm going to go catch a plane. And I hope you guys all have an awesome weekend. And thank you for having me on today. Ciao. Thank
0: you so much. Appreciate you. Awesome! What a mind blow, man. That the deal with the co-ops. I was reading that. It's like that is like setting major precedent if they can yeah. establish that in and get. That's a big piece of the money legos of what we're doing, or the DAO Like, how do we position Dows in a regulatory yeah. way to, for success? It's brilliant.
3: I, I love I, when I he. I think he, it would be hard. It it, he's
0: got like a thousand. Mm
3: uh, mile view of the whole ecosystem. So great. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: I was going to say like new people might be here and they're like, why do you stop everything when Paul shows up? And it's, it's the same, uh, it's that visionary aspect. Like, yes, some of us know things, you know, like we get things, but when you find someone who's a visionary and, and they're like interested in sharing that vision with you, then, um, like it, I was going to say it's similar to when someone else walks in, but it's it's just anyone who's a visionary, anyone who, who gets the big picture better than you do. Like the smartest thing you can do is stop and try to figure out their big picture. So. That's-
3: yeah. yeah. he's like alpha squared. We deliver the alpha, but he's just alpha squared. He's like on a whole nother plane of existence.
0: Well, who are we kidding? We just developed this dude system so we can reel in some fish. You know, this is, we just it was very very long game <laughs> and, uh, with logistics, logistics.
3: at least we got something figured out though mission oh. accomplished
0: David. mission accomplished
2: <laughs> i guess i
0: definitely hired, want to right? move
3: on
1: those two calls uh, I, whether they're e-finance or e-staker calls um i definitely want to move on those two conversations um the co-op and the nightfall
0: let's do it Let's do it. Let's move on. Hey, we're, I know we're way over, but that was so worth it.
2: Yeah, that's all right. Sacrifices will be made. (laughs) Jumping back to Monday, January 16th, uh, David Hoffman popped in and shared his perspective on recent criticisms on the bankless.
0: Very good. So, hey, fam, there was a comment a few days ago in the Daily about me tweeting about JPEGs and the frequent, quote, bankless has too many ads, end quote, take. I typed out a pretty thorough response, as it's stuff I hear a lot. And also, I think it's short-sighted. Since the comment was three days ago, it's buried in the depths of Reddit. And then he uh, he referred to this comment uh, previous. Um, somebody had said there m- we might have to rename him to Dick Butt Hoffman and just kind of mm, not being too nice. We we're, I feel like we're better than that. But anyway, David replied and gave some really good constructive uh, responses and and there was some good feedback from the community as well and i think i think part of it is is you know at at some point i think david's play is that you know they have editors they have writers they're building a community the amount of stuff they just generate and continue to generate on a daily basis which is given away for free is is worth something and if they need to if they need to make some money at it, they they're got. I mean, I don't I don't know why we try to, you know, victim victimize people who are successful. I, 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 I know David personally, and I know how hard they work. And I know that they're always working on, you know, how to how to generate leads and stuff like that. They're hustling for the money, they are working for it. And there's no denying it. But Uh, You know, I I feel like they there's a lot of value that we glean from bankless as a whole. And I I just, it's really hard to try to come down on them too much at all when you compare that to, I don't know, 90% of crypto Twitter. Um, So I guess that's my opinion and, and I know there's others that want to share on this. The measure is, is someone giving more than they're
1: taking? And when I look at David and Ryan, when I look at Bankless, they are giving a metric crap ton of service to our industry. No one else is doing what they're doing. And so, uh, when he's having fun, when he's being goofy, when he's promoting something that he chooses to promote, then I'm a hundred percent on board. I will fall all over my sword defending David and Ryan and their 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 work, even if it doesn't align with everything that you like or everything that you do, because the big picture is they are giving so much more to the ecosystem than they ever dream of taking. So the end.
0: Anybody else want to chime in, please do.
6: Yeah, uh, I was, was going to say, I, I, no, no problem. Um, I was gonna say a big thing. I think they do, um, that a lot of regular users like us don't do that great of a job is, you know, we do a lot we do tend to cannibalize communities and like be fight one another. And, you know, like big example was they invited a uh, bit boy over, you know, and even though they don't agree with a lot of his views, you know, they're willing to have the forum discuss and basically debate on ideas and, and at the mer- have the ideas and their merit speak for themselves. So I may not agree with everything Bankless does, but yeah, I, I think like Fizz said that they give 10 times more than they take. So I'm glad that, you know, we have leadership like that in the space.
8: Just to add that um, I've had the pleasure of writing for Bankless. I've worked with David, I've been part of the community a long time, and I know a lot about Ethereum because of Bankless. Um, I think kind of the trajectory that they're going in is they're becoming a larger media group. And when you do that, yes, you tend to have to fund it somehow. And so advertisements is a great way. Um, I do think that like all platforms, once you get to a certain size, Um, It becomes difficult to be kind of the same as what you were that got you to that point. Um, I think they might be struggling a little bit with that, but I think they're doing it pretty gracefully. Um, I think my only recommendation, if they were to listen to this, is just like, I think sometimes it's hard to discern like what was sponsored and what wasn't. Even though they do mention it, I think it starts to get pretty blurred. And I have noticed that with their content over time. um, And it has become a little bit more difficult for me to figure out like what what do I need to pay attention to what's an ad and, and things like that. So, um, I know they're young still They're they're trying to do the best they can and I have massive, massive respect for them. Um, I'm just hoping that they can remain, uh, as amazing as they have been, you know, into the future as they grow, uh, you know, larger and larger.
0: I should also add that, uh, David was willing to come on today, but he's skiing. He's a, he's away on vacation and I'm sure that we can get him in the future. And you know, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those deals where I he would want to come on on the Mavericks Discord uh, on a future live stream anyway. So I really I really appreciate that he took the time to respond to what I found to be kind of a distasteful uh, comment. It shows that they're reading the sub. I mean, Bankless has mentioned us on on the air before, so um, you know we. We're a source of uh, information forget. too. They're putting twenty-eight
1: hours a day into developing our ecosystem, and so I don't have that kind of energy. I don't think many of you have that kind of energy. So they're doing something that none of us are doing, and I, I don't. I, I think our appreciation for that should never run dry.
9: Yeah. If you if you've so, never met uh, David, he is is twenty-four hours. That is his entire life. Right. He is doing his media empire thing and trying to educate people in the whatever ways he can. Right. It's it's really not just about the money for him. It like you just he oozes the passion for his uh, for everything he does.
0: Uh, well said. Yeah, there's not many people to definitely criticize that believe and we don't
3: like something about it. But sure. yeah, this is a little harsh. I mean, and if and like you said, if you don't like ads, pay for it,
6: <laughs> plain well, and simple.
3: That- Pay the bills, uh, so you know maybe hey maybe if they get enough bankless premium subscribers, they won't have to provide they won't have to do ads at all. Um, maybe that'll pay the bills. You never know. But there, there's it, those...
0: it's,
9: criticism. Ahead. There is a place for criticism, but how you criticize really determines whether you want to have a positive impact in the world or whether you're just trying to make the world a darker place.
3: Exactly. Exactly. You trying to ruin their day, or are you trying to say hey I don't like this? And so um, I, I don't. Know. I love the bankless nerds. You guys keep doing it keep listening to the critics keep improving uh i i think it's fantastic what you guys are doing
0: it's hard to please everyone all the time or whatever that saying is let's everybody
3: do it different if they had to do it but nobody's in their shoes
0: doing it so so they
3: can't really talk (laughs) they have no nothing to say
0: yeah come come up with something better you know be the change you want to see i i just don't see a lot of people being able to advise Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, you
3: know, anybody who's gonna be an asshole about it, uh, you know, come come work the 15, 16 hours a day that these guys do, or eighteen, who knows? Uh, and then and then talk, <laughs> and then say something uh, crit- critical.
0: Right, on. Let's roll on to the next one.
2: Yeah, that same Monday, January sixteenth, Space Ciders shares his staking experience and tips for anyone experiencing these similar issues
0: so a little something regarding how my staking experience is going prior to the merge i was running uh, geth on one ssd and lighthouse on another ssd my attestation performance was fairly good consistently around 97 to 98 percent Back then, you didn't rely on the execution client for at, uh, testing, just for block proposals, so it wasn't a huge deal if I couldn't keep up. Coming up to the merge, I moved away from Geth and installed Net- NeitherMind on the same drive as Lighthouse, and on the other drive, installed TechUbesu. Now, with both as a consensus client and execution client on the same SSD, and an execution being a requirement, it can't quite keep up at test station performance is averaging around 93 94%. And now I'm seeing the occasional message pop up in my logs, etc, etc, etc. I've ordered an NVMe that has 10x the read write speeds. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot over to you SuperFizz, if you want to chime in on this and thank you, spaceider for your contribution.
1: Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest, Nix has been doing a lot of great hey, support here. So
0: hey, I'll also
1: give give her a chance but um yeah it fast in vme is is great i love it 2 terabytes uh, 4 terabytes is too expensive right now go ahead next
5: i will say i hope that we get um in general like um, better taking hardware guides only because um it is it is confusing for someone coming into the ecosystem who doesn't want to put a whole lot of uh effort into figuring out which hardware they want like i bought the first dock that i bought wasn't actually um the right one to, to run um, Ubuntu server on, and I'm still not even sure why. And I ended up buying a new one, and it works fine. Um, but what, what it's always going to be easiest. About, what
1: was worried about your first
5: Nook? Uh, I still don't know. It just would crash every once in a while. And then it I is. read somebody said that uh, like the specific Nook that I bought wasn't compatible with um, installing Ubuntu. It wasn't recommended to install Ubuntu server on it. Was it a an Intel? I just NUC bought a or, whole new a, one. I'm like, it was an Intel, yeah. I now have an I, I now have an ASUS.
1: It's it's just interesting. Like I I I never I don't want to plant those seeds of doubt in people. In general, an Intel NUC is is almost self proof. I'd be interested to find out what what failure you had, but uh, Intel nucs in general work extremely well. with staking.
5: Yeah, so that's that's why I bought it. That's why. Um it is and anyway so I'd, i i consider myself a good representative of e-staker only because i'm not a hardware person i never built computers and so when something goes wrong somebody tells me oh switch out the hard drive switch out the ram i'm like i'm just gonna buy a whole new computer and hope that fixes it
1: yeah it's likely you had a hardware defect uh, that's that's the most likely explanation i literally if anybody could see my wall and i have 10 nooks up against the wall that I use for testing all day long, and uh, no problems ever.
5: That sounds likely. Um, I will say a lot. Of, one thing that a lot of people do when they set up their staking rig is they buy the hardware and then they wait for a long time to set stuff up because it's like it's daunting. You're not really sure. Um, but I will say that that's a reason to get things up and running as soon as possible because if you do have a hardware issue, like mine was out of warranty by the time that I figured it out because I did leave it sitting around for a long time. Um, And the real thing we should say about that. Go for
1: it. eStaker, come to eStaker, come to our Reddit, come to our Discord. Ask questions. Um, You you may not know the person who is providing you support because it's not like one or two people. We have hundreds of people who are always willing to chime in and give Quality support in public. We don't we don't do private support because you can't really trust people, and then the answers aren't or they're not findable later. We want you to come and get help in public, uh, and you'll get great support. we we do a good job.
5: Also, it's also it's always going to be easiest to run um, death in prison right now, just because like the the reason that that's going to be easiest is because the most people are running that, and so most of the problems have been hit. And I super appreciate people who go through like this troubleshooting uh, process to try to run a minority client. Because that's the only way that minority clients are going to get more usage is to work out all the kinks, is to have more- But consensus clients,
1: out. the consensus clients are great. Uh, Whitehouse, Guest, oh yeah Prism, sorry, White House Prism, teku uh, Lodestar, those are all very solid. What we're really struggling with right now is getting execution clients up to that same standard, uh, and that is why many of you know. In 2022, I worked really hard to push consensus client diversity to reduce the usage of Prism. And people ask, why aren't you doing that with with Geth now? And it's because at this time, Geth is the most solid solution. When the other execution clients show that they are that they can meet that. Standard, you'll see the same kind of push and we just haven't gotten there yet.
0: Very good. Let's uh, rock and roll. A word. Actually, I I want to go ahead.
5: I want to plug one thing. Um, The issues like this are are exactly why we need more uh, building in um, Ethereum infrastructure. And there is a Gitcoin alpha round open right now. It's actually decentralized and you guys should go donate to that because that donating to that infrastructure round is is going straight towards making ethereum more robust and making the staking protocol or these the staking infrastructure more robust where do they go who do they give money to um just east do i'll give money
1: to e no hey,
5: find anything okay to find
1: the get coin grant go
5: there there are three rounds and one of them is ethereum infrastructure and i I went through that and all of them are gold stars. All of them are gold stars. I wanted to choose I wanted to put every single one of those things into my into my cart or on my short list or whatever they call it um, nowadays. Um but yeah, definitely go donate like even a dollar to each project because it's quadratic funding and so even a dollar will get matched.
2: We've got reached the that- dollars. Really- We've got that link up in the public cat channel also courtesy
0: of Austin Street Austin Street thank you I love
2: it when a plan comes together
0: all right moving on
2: yeah Tuesday January 17th Benito 2030 shares their learnings from 2022
0: I'm not going to read the whole thing fantastic though uh he's he says or they wrote I wrote a long post about my learnings at the end of 2021. That was in hindsight after we had peaked, and I think it's just reasonable to update that post and include my 2022 learnings. Number one, don't invest in last cycle's coins. And number two, understand the narrative. This one's tricky. I think when I wrote this in 2021, I thought just by understanding the narrative and being early, you will print. The truth is narratives are important but most likely, likely, at least for me, only really relevant in a bull market. Number three, in a bear, you got to be patient. Now, this sounds crazy, but I really think this might be the biggest learning from the last 12 months. Fade narratives in bear market. Sell last cycles coins, all of them. Don't think they will recover because even if they do, they will lose versus ETH, And you can increase your holdings if you really want to double down. Um, I'll let you finish that one make the bear an opportunity this is kind of connected to old number six take profits I think it's still very important having cash on the sidelines being means that a crash dip might even have a positive side both for your portfolio but also maybe more important emotionally but I think I will go even further I sold most of my alts in February 22 I felt I was late didn't sell the top blah 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 in hindsight I think that move wasn't bad at all, but I could have uh, even shorted last cycle's trash, uh, and then the next one you cannot predict uh, crypto in the short term, and then finally take profits and finance is a different world. All right, so I'm gonna leave that there. If anybody wants to chime in on that, or we can move I'm not on. Not gonna
5: lie, I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling on number seven, take profits yeah there's there's something in me that that right now i don't have i don't have like uh children to support and so i am funneling all my money into there and i am not taking anything out like i actually Crypto do things into the stables sometimes which is sort of yeah <laughs> yeah Crypto that's, is that's right
1: for you now there there is a time in everyone's accumulation where your role is to accumulate so right now you're accumulating that's great if we have another cycle you may not be ready to take profits. That's great. The The story is you don't accumulate forever. Know that at some point in the future, you're going to take profits when it's right for you. The, the mistake is, um, you know, we're, we're in a bull market. Your quality of life is, is moderate, but you could do better. That's the time when you should choose to take profits.
5: I do like that because you do take profits not when everybody else takes you to, to tells you to take profits it's when it's right for you and like my my right time to get to take profits is going to be when eth is up and staking and i'm i'm pulling money out of my out of my validators that's that's my plan it may be 10 years for you
1: but the the fact is like you recognize that taking profits is a thing that you will want to do at some point in the future but right you don't have to do it when everyone else is doing it first
9: cycle I totally drank the Kool-Aid and I wrote that thing all the way down from 1,400 to like 80. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
9: and then we were in the bear market, we were in the crypto winner. And like, by the time it came back up to something, I'm like, I did not go through all of that to not have, you know, something for it, right? And so uh, it was much easier to take profits in the second cycle than in the first.
0: Very good.
1: 20%, Don't. I, I would never suggest selling more than 20% of your staff, but that well, it, there, is, there is the need to take some profit at some point.
9: Yeah, so I have my stack that I call my rocket ship ticket. Um, and it's like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This is a paradigm-shifting um, technology that, like the internet, you know, we are in on the ground floor of. And oddly enough, institutions couldn't be there before us, like, legally prohibited. It is a really strange... Um, sequence of events or a setup of this board that's just not likely to repeat in your lifetime. Like, you might be able to go and make some compounding gains in ESG technology or in, you know, medical automation technology or whatever the next big, you know, information technology would be. But um, it's unlikely you're going to get this type of opportunity again in your lifetime. And so your cash out plan, needs to be structured such that this can set you up for life if not just you this might be able to set up multiple generations for life right um because i just don't think there's gonna be something that comes out of the stock market that can be this beneficial uh, potentially for you ever again
0: the uh i only do what jim kramer tells me to do that's uh that's a that's a fact let's move Worst on
1: advice ever <laughs>
7: I'm sorry for your
2: loss
0: Wait, hold on. There it is. Okay, anyway.
2: (laughs) All right. Wednesday, January 18th, Ether Raider has a message from the EVM stewards giving out free EV Maverick t-shirts at ETH Denver.
0: Free EV Mavericks t-shirts at ETH Denver. Hope everyone is pumped uh, for the conference if you happen to be going and holding EVM. We will be ordering EV Mavericks tees free for anyone that wants one for the conference. First come, first serve, and there will be a max number of tees Order to sign up. Uh, just drop your size in and pick up your tee at the conference. Please, no doxing. So I'm a double XL. JBM is a quadruple XL, baby. So uh, if you're going to eat Denver, hit that link on the Discord and uh, get your size in there if you're an EV Mavericks holder. And thank you, Ether Raider, for that um, bit of uh, wisdom there. That's awesome. Thank that's you.
1: Two great things to get involved with if you haven't. If you aren't going to ETH Denver, uh, you should really consider it. If you're listening and you're like, oh, that's not for me. I'm not that kind of person. You should really rethink it. You probably will have a great time. Uh, and the EV Mavericks are really positioning themselves as, um, you know, a, a a powerful community force in ethereum so um yeah shout out to ev mavericks good
0: job yeah definitely very good we got one left here i think
2: maybe i'm wrong no that rounds us out we jumped ahead to be brooding
0: oh that's right okay oh this was another link uh yeah Uh, shout out to cryptojobs.gg uh, a friend of mine built this website that's going to be they're not sponsoring this <laughs> live stream but i had that tab open so yeah, I guess they are. <laughs> hey, well, I guess that wraps it up for us for I'm this. Gonna, uh, yeah, go ahead.
5: I was just gonna say I'm gonna try to be selective at East Denver um, with which T-shirts I'm getting because I'm so I'm so full up on um, conference T-shirts, but that's definitely one that I'm taking home.
0: I wish uh, I wish we could contribute like a hundred dollars to the manufacturer of like a very high quality bowling shirt. <laughs> with like giant lapels of burl snaps on it Uh, (laughs) be like what the hell i'm I'm going looking for socks i don't wear a lot of shirts
1: but i will always wear some socks so if if you're looking to vend something vend me some socks at ETH denver and i will wear those
6: (laughs) awesome
0: well thanks so much everybody for joining this uh week's edition we got number three in the books everyone Have a great weekend, and uh, cheers and big hugs from Kansas City. We'll see you. Thanks for hosting, Jay.